ignite your passion for God and for His work. Listen to Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo, the resident pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Oyibi Cathedral. He comes your way on this podcast with the creative force of God's Word. Bishop Ogo also pastors the Flaming Fire Service, a vibrant youth service with energetic young people who are ablaze for the Lord. He is also the evangelist of the Greater Love Gospel Crusade, a unique outreach program that ministers the soul-saving love of Jesus Christ to a hurting world through music, dance, and the life-giving Word of God. Now, listen to Bishop Edwin Ogo. Stop. 
trying to take the thing to another level, but it's a blessing. It's a blessing and it's a blessing also to be here for the Here I Am Send Me Conference 2021. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I don't know whether it's true, but one day somebody told me that one of the signs of a good audience is that they clap. So I don't, I mean, I don't know whether, I don't know whether it's true. I just heard it somewhere, but today we have some very special people in our midst and we will have a very special person to bless us but I want to introduce the one who introduce the one <laughs> so this morning without much ado I want to introduce the chairman of the Makane denomination our father our pastor you can stand to your feet it's a good sign of honor and let's welcome Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Let your hand clap be exciting. Let it show that you are happy to be here. Let it reveal that you have an expectation. And I I am very happy with the way you are clapping. And I'm so happy that I'm also clapping. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, you may please be seated. This morning, I am very happy that you made it on time. I'm very happy that you are an early bed. And I'm very happy that God's plan for your life will 
be practically fulfilled to his glory in Jesus' name. I feel that we have gathered here not just in the presence of God, but also in the presence of his angels and in the company of his spirit. And I want you to believe that there is going to be a special experience that will change your life. I said there's going to be a special experience that will change your life. Many of us here are pastors, shepherds, church workers, and other categories of church members and church workers. But I want you to know that God relates with us according to the level we occupy. And once a while, he moves us to a higher level. It is wrong for you to serve God at one level all the time. So even when it comes to his glory, he says that we are changed from glory to glory. We keep rising. So today, somebody's level is going to change. Somebody who was operating at level three is going to move to level seven. Somebody who, is, was, who was operating at level 100 is going to operate at level 800. How many of you believe that God changes our levels? Where whatever level, your teaching level, your understanding level, your anointing level, your power level, your... How many of you believe that God changes levels? Yes. If you read Revelation chapter 4, the first verse took John to another level. And whatever level he was occupying in chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3 changed. He says, after this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. May a door be opened to the next level above you. I said, may a door be opened to the next level above you. Some of us, our, our, our ministries are not really advancing and enlarging simply because of your understanding of certain concepts. And once you get understanding you see that you rise and move to higher levels. This morning, you are going to receive understanding of certain things you never had as part of the arms you were using to fight. I looked and a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking to me, talking with me, which said, come up hither. And I will show thee things which must be hereafter. There are many experiences that are going to be hereafter. After here, there are going to be many experiences. Those of you who were ministering to 10 people are going to be ministering to 100 people. Those of you who couldn't teach well 
are going to teach powerfully. Say here after. After here, some of you are going to have dreams and visions. After here, some of you are going to be major evangelists. After here, some of you who are not stable, not stable, are going to be very stable. And everything you need after here is at a higher level. Because what you've experienced now is because of the level you've operated all your life. So once you move higher, it means you're going to see better and greater things ahead. And I checked your name. I looked for your name and I discovered that your name was among the list of those who were going to experience powerful things. The list of those who were going to have an advanced ministry. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a blessing for you. There is a blessing for you. And for me, I sense that the greatest blessing today is the blessing of understanding and revelation. Yeah, God is going to open your eyes to see some things. God is going to show you some things. Some of you even knew before, but it was not very important to you. Because there is a teaching anointing that has arrived here this morning. I said there is a teaching anointing that has arrived here this morning. We are privileged today to sit at the feet of a teacher of the word of God. (laughs) Today, you are going to enjoy the word of God as it is broken down. I believe that some of you are going to catch a teaching anointing. Because when you sit at the feet of a teacher, you are likely to catch something. But this man whose feet, at whose feet we are going to sit, is not only a teacher, but an experienced teacher. Yes. An experienced teacher. God has used him to preach his word for over 20 years just ministering the word of God live and direct to different congregations at different instances and this morning I know that this is going to be a familiar environment for him because I remember when he was pastoring a church at um, Dansuman Dansuman Many, many, many years ago. In fact, there was no church there. But he broke the ground and began a branch there. Today, that particular church has moved since then. And it's a mega church on another part of the same Dansuman area. But apart from that, God has used him to minister to different congregations. And he is currently the pastor of our Memphis, Tennessee. Am I right? Memphis, Tennessee. Yes, Memphis, Tennessee. So, some of you may even get some visa anointing. Some some visa anointing. Well, the name of the pastor coming to preach today is Reverend Kojo Orleans Lindsay. As you can tell, the Kojo suggests that he is Ghanaian. 
but the anointing is international. I said the anointing is international. And the anointing is international also because he is a true son of Bishop Dagwood Mills. Yes. He's a true son. Actually, he was sent here by Bishop Dagwood Mills. So expect the anointing of the, on the Father to also rest on him. And uh, he is a medical doctor by profession. And uh, he was my senior in the medical school. And uh, I, I used to sit back and admire. Is it when they were always talking about, you know, medical school, everybody who goes there is a top student in his school. It's not like um, sociology or something, but medical school is just the top, top, top. The top from everywhere, even Presec. Some top students go there. <laughs> And uh, but among the tops, there were some who were at the top of the top. And Reverend Kojo Olins Lindsay was one of the top of the tops. And I joyfully watched him progress on and on in the medical school, finished excellently so i'm sure somebody is going to have an excellent ministry because for all the years i've known him he has not been a mediocre average you know this type of once in a while everything he does is at the top of his game and this morning i said this morning the anointing on him for academic excellence anointing on him for excellence in ministry anointing on him for excellence in the Christian life, spiritual life as he teaches, you will know that he is not a light weight he is a heavy, super heavy weight I said, a super heavy weight, ladies and gentlemen I'm happy to introduce the convener of the lay world movement of the UDOLGC Everything in the lay world is under his care. He has crisscrossed the globe, visiting churches, visiting different ministries, visiting different denominations. Even in Accra, he has ministered in other places. And I'm excited that at long last, the Makane Cathedral is, ex- is going to experience the teaching anointing on this great servant of God. A son of Bishop Dagwood Mill. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and with expectation, expectation, expect something. Don't just be here, expect something with expectation. Help me, help me to welcome to this pulpit Reverend Dr. Kojo Orleans Lindsay. Clap your hands and let us receive God's servant. Can I have the red microphone? Keep clapping. Keep clapping till it comes. Keep clapping till it comes. Keep clapping. Those here are not clapping well. Oh, what a day the Lord has made. Why don't you rejoice with a bigger hand clap and add a shout of praise unto he with whom we have to do. 
Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom the father sent to deal with our sins to qualify us for the impartation of his Holy Spirit oh welcome the Holy Spirit welcome with a, with a hand clap welcome the Holy Spirit the greater your hand clap the greater the impartation God will make into your spirit by his anointing we bless your name we thank you we adore you father you are the king of kings the lord of lords and we are awed that you can even look upon us we who were sinners blasphemous injurious to your church but we have obtained mercy because we did so in ignorance and unbelief we welcome you mighty holy spirit we say let the word have free course we bind the principalities of Accra, Oyibi, and beyond in the name of Jesus Christ. And we declare freedom that comes with your words. For he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Holy Spirit, have your way. Father, I pray, O oh God, that I will decrease physically and secularly in every way, that you may increase. May you be seen. May you be the subject and object of all that we do, all that we think, all that we say here in jesus christ's mighty name thank you holy spirit in jesus name amen put your hands together for jesus christ you may please be seated in the presence of the lord i am full of awe standing here a place i've only admired from afar because of the anointing of the father on this place hallelujah a place i have only experienced on facebook and virtual viewings we thank the lord god who makes all things possible the father almighty who called our father through whose calling we find our calling ladies and gentlemen put your hands together for bishop dakiwood mills the one who sent me here i think you will do well i said the father almighty called this man thank you father for sending us a father to represent you well in the name of jesus christ amen you may be seated you know you know there are some some fathers that when you are given to them you have to apply a lot of faith to actually obey a lot of faith because you're obeying based on instruction and not based on conviction you see there's a difference but some, some fathers make it very easy, you know, because they live the way they live, the way they, 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 they mentor, the way they live the spirit of God, they make it easy for you. In fact, you rush to say, this is my father, you know, this is my father. You know, I remember when I was a child, I used to go to, uh, my father was a nightclub owner, we, we owned a nightclub, we got clubs every weekend, and... Um, you know, one time actually I was proposing to a certain lady. Yeah. And the lady told me that when I go home, what am I going to say to my parents? That your father actually owns a nightclub. In fact, she made me very self-conscious about who I was and who my father is. But I just dropped her. You don't, you don't, you don't even deserve to be. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm talking about how people see things. But you see, there are some fathers, and I used to, 
I became so self-conscious at a point that I began to refer to my uncle who was, you know, had gone to the United States, was very affluent, looked good, had gone to college and things. I said, huh, when people ask me, that is my father, that is my father. You know, in my immaturity, I thought that glamour was a thing that represents good fathering. But as I've grown in maturity, and as I've seen the fruits of my biological father, although he didn't look that glamorous, his way of thinking, his way of speaking, and everything that he did, and the way he brought me up, even when I present myself, before they would ask me who trained me, I can see that what my father has invested in me has made me who I am, and I'm so full of, of gratitude for the father biologically that God gave me. And now I am quick to point, only that it's too late. But that's the kind of father that we have. If you are mature, you know that you have a blessed father. Let's thank God for Bishop Dagewood Mills. He's made many signs, including the fathers that are here. He's the one who sent me by the grace of God. Please, you may be seated. Hallelujah. So, I'm not ashamed at all to say it. And I'm sure that his spirit that God has put upon him will be revealed here. Hallelujah. He taught me how to know God. And so, when I lift up my hands, I see the God figure and the God idea and the God, the reality of God that he has taught me. Amen. There, ladies and gentlemen, you know, Bible says, by their fruits you shall know them. Hallelujah. Sometimes a fruit tells who. I mean, when I look at everything that is happening here, and I look at everything that I hear, I've listened to messages from this church for, for a long time, and you know, Bible says, he that is sent of God, speaketh the words of God, and God gives him not the spirit by measure. I believe that God sent somebody here who was a messenger, who spoke the words of the father, who carries the anointing of the father, and therefore we are in a good place. I'm talking about our father, Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Put your hands together. Thank you, God, for making him my friend. Bishop Ogo, I admire you very much. You may not know it. I wish you hadn't said that you were my, I was your senior. Because I see you as my senior. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Clap properly. Please, you may be seated. Bishop Bobo, thank you. I'm serious. Eh? You know, when I proposed to my wife, my wife told me that I'm going to speak to my counselors. You see? And he didn't say counselor. Counselor, I knew. But counselors, then I realized that the thing, it is going further than I thought. I mean, Bishop had prepared the way. Bishop Saki had prepared the way. And they knew that. I knew that when they go. But then I realized that one of his counselors was your pastor, Bishop Ogo. And my wife tells me that when he asked Bishop Ogo, he said, oh, Kojo, go for it, cry. Clap for Bishop, thank you. I've never thanked you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I am very, very blessed. You know, before she became my friend, she was a friend of Bishop's. And I think that her, his input to her life has made me reap a lot. Because in medical school, people concentrate a lot on their books. But when you have a friend who counsels you with the word of God, a preparation has been made. Bishop, thank you so much. I admire you so much. I even admire your pastors. I was telling Bishop Corby, I listened to the message. The flame, flaming, there's, uh-huh, flaming fire service. We list, my children and I, we listen to, I know about Josephism. and all these things that you are enjoying. 
Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, today, I believe that God is going to speak to us. God is going to bring us a lot of honor. A lot of grace will come to us through his word. Today, we are here for the Here I Am Send Me Conference. Hallelujah. Yeah, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8, God spoke, a loud voice came from the Lord who said, who said, who? God was asking a question. Who will go on a, go for us? Whom shall I send? Amen. And the Bible says, and I said, here I am, send me. Now, when the creator, the creator of, you know, like something, the creator of the earth is asking, who will go for us? Who will go for us? It's a problem. Whom shall we send? Who will go for us? It, it means it's all inclusive. Who will go for us? Who will go for us? You know, when I was a child, my father will call from the bedroom and will ask, who is there? I mean, if I can speak to you, say, one hour. Look, we were 11 children. We will be playing maybe Ludo or draft. Everybody's watching. Immediately we hear one hour. Everybody scatters. I mean, if we had to respond, we would say, nobody's here. Because once we hear the voice, we scatter and he walks exactly where we're supposed to be and he realizes there's nobody. He has to go and do everything he wanted the children to do. I hope I'm not reading, reaping that. I don't know. I've never found my children saying that. I have a feeling that I'm reaping it in a way. But you know, God who created you and I, if he's asking that who will go for us, then it means it's a big problem. See the question and see. Now, as I look back, I realize that everything he will be asking for us to help, he deserved it and more. He had given us food. He had built a house for us. He had given birth to us. The genes we carried, even the way we looked and our ability to run, we had drank water from him, food from him, and he's asking for a little somebody, perhaps bring me some water, and everybody was going away. It was so evil, I am ashamed to even think about it. The same thing, God who created us, has given us breath, has given us everything, your thinking, even your ability to hear, when they say, who will go for us? Even your ability to say, nobody is here, is because he has made your hearing possible. And I hope that you will not be like me of old, when the question is popped, who shall go for us? You will be able to say, here I am, send me. Let's rehearse it. Here I am, say here I am. Send me. Yeah. You know, the thing about this statement is also that it is who will go for us. The identity is that us. You know, sometimes the church is an entity that is so beautiful, so glamorous. I mean, I remember even when I wanted to, uh, first time that, you know, Bishop, it's not the first time that I wanted to propose to, um, you know, the BDI. It was not the time that you knew. It was the second year. You just didn't know. Yeah. I was actually in the church playing guitar, yes, in Commonwealth Hall. I mean, I would just go and play the guitar, but I had seen a lady singing. Very nice lady. So when I entered there, I was entering not because of I wanted to serve the Lord with bass guitar, but because there was a lady with dimples, a lady with nice legs, a lady with nice calves. That is the reason why I entered. 
ladies and gentlemen. So I was actually looking at something that I could, and I would go and I say, I go to church. So I was using the church for my own, the identity of the church was important to me for my personal agenda. In other words, what can the church do for me? What can I use the identity of the church? When I say I'm a Christian, what are the benefits that I can have? That was more important to me than what can the church get out of me? Ladies and gentlemen, the Lord says, who shall go for us? Who will become the identity of the church out there? Not that who will take advantage of the identity of the church. Yes, I go to church at Oyibi. Makane is the name. Lighthouse was the name. UD is the general umbrella. Therefore, where is the place? You see, right now, we are saying that you can come to Memphis. I'm sure some people, even if you need an address, you can call me. That is a help you would have gotten. But what help can the church get from you? What can the Lord have from you? What is that way you can modify the identity of the church by your output? Such as somebody who say, because of this man, I want to associate with the people of the Lord. Here I am. Send me. Who will go for us? Say, I am here, Lord. Send me. I pray that that will be your answer. Clap for the Lord Jesus. That's what this conference is about. That by the time we are done, you know, your voice will change, your orientation will change, your inclination will change, your, your mindset about this group type of thing will change to hear a mind from who will go for us. You will as an individual say, I will go for us. The I asses will change to eyes in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, so that's a very important conference we're having and this, many of such conferences have changed me from just hiding in the crowd to actually coming. Today, when they say lay world movement, I also bring an identity. I contribute to the brand. May you contribute to the brand rather than you using the brand to actually preserve and to decorate yourself. You will be the decorator, not the decorated in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Wow, this is the first people that I have that you know, has Holy Spirit movement. Once you touch it, you're moving. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Well, ladies and gentlemen, today, we want to start by understanding the church as we have it. You know, sometimes when you get the foundation, what the church was brought on, what the church stands for, it helps. So, I mean, Bishop was preaching one time at, the, at the, one of the um, flow prayer services. And then he mentioned the church in the wilderness. I was surprised. So I went to look it up. You know, I went to look it up. And it taught me a lot. And I hope that I can share with you the church in the wilderness. Acts chapter 7, verse number 35. The Bible says, this is he who was in the church. Go to verse 38. Acts chapter 7, verse number 38. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness. With the angel which spake to him in Mount Sinai. And with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give to us. So this is he. There is something called the church in the wilderness. You see, before you saw the church here, God started the church in the wilderness. God started the church. You see that word Mount Sinai. And then it brings you memories of Moses, the Israelites in the wilderness and all that. That was the church. That was the prototype. That was God's um, 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 symbolism. 
that he was choosing. He was showing us how the church would operate. He was starting the church spiritually in the wilderness. So he was giving us, you know, a, a framework, a way to look at the church. If you want to see the church, even in the New Testament era, it started in the wilderness and the format has not changed. The format has not changed. You see that? So he said, this is he. So there's always a he. That was in the church in the wilderness. There's a church in the wilderness, you know. And with the angel which spoke to him. Listen, I know that you understand that we're talking about Moses. When God called him in the wilderness, in the backside of the desert in the wilderness, there is always an angel, you know. Recently, I know that we were, you know, um, Bishop was preaching and then all of us saw the angel clapping the wings and then folding them over like this as if to embrace him. Every man of God that God sends, God sends with him angels. Actually, that word angel comes from the Greek word agelos, which means prophet, which means um, a messenger, which means somebody who's an emissary. An emissary is somebody who carries something, not for him, but transmitting to others. Okay? So there's always a he. For you to understand the church, there's always a he. And that he is in the church, in the wilderness, with the angels. Everything that we're doing, always the angels. One time I actually traveled to a place in Rwanda. I was, you know, a prophet has sent me to go and do some work over there and to have some conventions and some meetings. And the pastor tells me that three days prior to my arrival, every day he gets somebody who's either dreaming or has a vision about angels. Yeah. And seriously, when I went there, there was a lot of angelic activity. People's chains were broken and things like that. I realized that even when you are sent and there's an angel assigned to a priest and you go, that angel also helps you. Today I said I came with the angel of Bishop Doug. This is he. This is he. This is he in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spoke to him in Mount Sinai and with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give to us. Now a church is made up of a man of God. This is he. Who has the oracles of God, the mindset of God, the way God wants to think. You know, when you hear the word, I, the, I, the, I know the thought or the plans that I think towards you, saith the Lord. They are thoughts of good and not evil to give you a future and a hope. It's the mindset, that's the oracles. And they are oracles that are supposed to be given to us. God's mind about us, given to us. And they come alive only when that man has spoken. I always get amazed when Bishop Doug is preaching. He has preached to me for years, almost 30 years. I am amazed that every word comes alive and every word comes alive. Every word is fresh. It's because the oracles are lively. Someone say lively oracles. They come alive. They, when you see somebody who, when he teaches you, the words come alive. God has called that person to speak to you, to bring unto you the oracles. Oh, I put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. So there's angelic activity always. Angelic activity always. And they bring us the lively oracles. And I thank God. That I understood because I've been to so many churches, but I did not receive the works did not come alive to me until I went to the this is he. Everybody has a this is he. For us, that this is he is clear. It's Bishop Dagwood Mills. Clap for the Lord Jesus. And I will explain to you the structure and the operations of the church. 
Amen. Let's go to verse 35. So who is that this is he? When he came to the Israelites, who was he? Who was he? Acts 7.35. This is Moses. This Moses. Okay? The word is this Moses. Not any about this Moses. There's a specific Moses. And God was sure Stephen was about to be killed, had been anointed, was actually bringing the lively aura. After Jesus was gone, there was persecution. Stephen was being persecuted. And God, through the Holy Spirit, spoke through Stephen to explain the church to the new church that was coming. And Stephen, before he was martyred, before he was dead, this was him. He had to speak these things. And he said, the heavens are open and I see the son of God sitting by the right hand of God. But he had to explain that we are connected to the church in the wilderness. And he said, this Moses, whom they refused, who made and said, they refused, saying, who made thee a ruler and a judge? The same that God sent to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel, that angel which appeared to him in the bush. Ladies and gentlemen, what this means is that, you know, many times you will see that when a pastor comes to you, pastors look very strong. Pastors look full of authority. Pastors look like supermen, but they are there because their job is to rule. You know, many people, a pastor who rules, it means that he tells you that he has authority, he speaks. Sometimes I go to church. Those days I would come with all kinds of ideas as an unbeliever trying to become a believer and I realized that the pastor's words just debunked every evil that I had. I come with ideas of evil. I go with ideas of righteousness. Somebody has ruled, had made me to rule is to make somebody do something that he would otherwise not do. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me. You know, now I see that God in my life, he makes me do things eh, that otherwise I wouldn't do. Sometimes I'm there and I take an offering. And I'm shocked at myself. And it's because I'm looking at, he's made me through men of God. There is no way that Bishop will preach about something that, I mean, I find myself doing. Including even little instructions. When I lost my job, he just said, oh, you're blessed. I said I'm blessed. When I lost my job, he pointed, oh, maybe you should do local. Maybe you should not just work for anybody. Go work for yourself. I'm sur- I was surprised. The same attitude changed everything in my life. Hallelujah. This is he. This Moses. This, I'm talking about the Moses of your life. I'm talking about how your lives get changed from the wilderness church. This Moses whom they refused. Saying who made him a ruler and a judge? Well, the same was God. Did God send to be a ruler and a deliverer? You know what? The only way you'll be delivered from anything is if somebody is a ruler. If somebody is not a ruler, you cannot be delivered. It's not true. It's not, it's, not, it's not going to be the case. If somebody does not have authority of your life, he cannot deliver you from some bad things. My children at seven years old, eight years old, they wanted to drive my car. Yeah. They didn't have a license. They said they don't need a license. They, want, they were just about to be killed. The only way that I delivered them was the fact that they accepted me as a ruler in their lives. I ruled nobody drives this car. Nobody. You should never think of that again. I made many rules in the house. Today, they thank me for those rules because at the time the rulership came, they were not like the Israelites who refused the rulership. Now they've been delivered in their deliverance. They are now clapping for me, congratulating. The same way now I'm talking about my father's rulership. Hmm. Now, that uncle that I went to, eh, he would just, we wake up and we just play table tennis. 
We wake up and we just swim. We have houseboys, everything. Look, when I tell you the difference between my father's children and that uncle's children, you'll be amazed. Wisdom is justified of her children. You know, there was no rulership over there in that house. And we could do whatever we wanted. We did anything and everything. The children did not turn out well. Ladies and gentlemen, deliverance comes to people who accept the rulership and the authority. That is who fathers are. That is how you have been delivered. That is how you sit here on Saturday morning. You know yourself and how you used to be. It's because you accepted the rulership and therefore the deliverance came. Yeah. Even demons, when there's a command, it takes you accepting the fact that I have an evil spirit and there's authority in this man of God. That's how you get delivered. If you don't accept the authority, nothing happens. So ladies and gentlemen, they accepted the, they had to accept the rulership of Moses. Finally, when they refused him, the first time that he killed some Egyptian and they sacked him, nothing could be done. They refused and rejected him. But he came a second time, this time, same rulership telling them what to do. But this time they accepted the rulership and therefore the deliverance came. May that be your portion. May that be your way of thinking. The church in the wilderness. Amen. Verse 36. And the Bible says he brought them out after that he has showed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness 40 years. Ladies and gentlemen, when you hear about wonders and signs, my church members Many of them have testimonies. My life is a wonder. My life is a sign and a wonder. It's a miracle. If I tell you what I used to be and what I'm standing here, I was raised in a nightclub. Every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there was a, a disco in my house. A nightclub. And there was action. When I would dare to look into the windows, I would see people who are holding each other, not because they wanted comfort or somebody was trying to beat them, but you know what I'm talking about. I saw a lot of things that you wouldn't want to know. Ladies and gentlemen, I was even made to be a pimp at 13 years old. I would go, they would send me to go and bring people, girls for old men. And they knew me when I go, they give me money. And they even, they are now competing. Ah, the guy is coming, 13 year old. Everybody wants to give me a lot of money so that I will send them to the rich men who are at the club. That was a pimp. I was a distributor of girls and prostitutes. Look at me today preaching. This is a miracle. This is a sign and a wonder. And it came because the God sent that this is he type of person. And Moses, who was given authority, who was given the authority of a ruler to bring deliverance to my life. Today, when I look at myself, it's a wonder. It's a miracle. Yeah, it's a miracle. Yeah, from a pimp to a pastor. Please sit down. One time I remember that, you know, whenever we finish bringing the ladies, they will lock the door so as we will go and sleep. We cut some nettings that we will look at everything that was going on. So one time they put me to sleep, they locked my door. And then when I woke up in the middle of the night, maybe around 1 a.m., music was going on, the club was going, and I was on the floor. I started on my bed. I was on the floor. So I was wondering what was going on in my life. I'm talking about how my life changed and how your life would change if you also feel and align the same way with the thinking of a ruler who becomes a deliverer. Many people don't like the word rule. But it's nothing but deliverance. 
Amen. Wherever there's, I mean, wherever there's a rule, it's just for your deliverance. Like a policeman told me when I was speeding. He said, you know what? Don't argue with the ticket that I'm giving you because I'm saving your life. He said, the speed that thrills is a speed that kills. We put these signs here about speed limits just to deliver you. If you will accept my authority, you will not die early. I understood rulership and deliverance. Clap again for Jesus. So I saw myself on the floor. Ah, where's my bed? Then I saw that my bed was up there. So, when I was asking myself my, that question, then I heard some sounds. A lady crying. I said, oh, I need to go and save this lady. Ah, 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 what is this that is going on? A lady was crying, crying, crying. Then when I got up to go and maybe say, I thought maybe, ah, where is the sound coming from? I looked here, I looked. Then I got up and the sound was coming from my bed. So I went there to go and rescue the lady. When I started to rescue the lady, another voice came. This time a man's voice. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I said, what is going on here? Suddenly I saw my blanket was moving up and down. I said, no, this cannot be happening. Somebody is killing a lady here. Somebody is murdering a lady here. I jumped into my bed to try and rescue the lady. Ladies and gentlemen, suddenly I didn't feel like rescuing by joining them. Mercy. What was going on there was not a murder act. It was a beautiful act. That was the first time I saw sex. Sex, life. And I did not, it was not, you, you, some of you, God forbid that you watch pornography, you only have a screen. Me, I could touch it. I could be a part of it. And the blanket kept moving. They didn't even see me that I was around. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time, I saw that my central region was rising. My central region was becoming great. I said, hey, ladies and gentlemen, I felt metallic activity. A little boy was being initiated into an evil act. And really, let me tell you, I wanted to join them. Only I was afraid that they would beat me up. But everything in my central region told me I belong here. I belong on this bed. I belong on this bed. So I started joining them. They didn't see me. I, they touched and I touched. They touched. Ladies and gentlemen, that sport me from that day. My mind began to wander. And I started trying to organize my own moving blankets. I was sport. Actually, at a point I was afraid. So I went back to the floor. And I could not sleep. And then the guy got up and walked out. And was left with only the lady. Flat there. Then I crept into the bed. I will not continue because of protocol. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Put your hands together for Jesus. That was how I began. That today you see me. Honorably. Clad in white. Preaching nicely like I usually do. By the grace of God. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the miracle, the sign, and the wonder that can come to you. When a, this is he is introduced into your life and you are brought into the church in the wilderness, God with his angels start operating and working on you, transforming you from a pimp, from a prostitute, from a thief, from whatever you are. Suddenly, you are cleansed. Suddenly, you are upgraded. Suddenly, you become a beautiful life a source of life to others 
that is your destiny that is the grace of god that is a miracle that happens in the church in the wilderness ladies and gentlemen today i introduce you to the church in the wilderness clap for the lord jesus yeah this side operates there is a he called moses who comes into your life as a ruler and a judge yeah Sometimes we are sitting counseling and say, no, you're wrong. You're, it is a ruler and a judge. When you accept him, you get deliverance from every evil. And your life becomes a miracle, a sign, and a wonder like mine. I never thought I could marry one woman. The way that I was trained, the way that my central region was trained, it was not trained for one woman. But then, the rulership of God's word that come alive, lively oracles from a, this is he, a man of God that he calls one in the wilderness and brings together. That is what causes these miracles. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. It's a beautiful thing. This is a structure. Hallelujah. This is a structure. And I can tell you a little more about how I even, I was full of demons. And I can tell you how I was delivered. You know, once upon a time, I was, I'm talking about deliverance and I want you to be, you see, one, Psalm 107 and verse 20, the Bible says he sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from all their distractions. You see, when a man of God is sent with his word, he's coming with rulership and authority, but he's sent to deliver you from everything that is meant to destroy you. And when I was a child again, you know, forgive me for, for I mean, introduce, I'm saying something, how, how alive it is how real what i'm talking about is you know when i was a child i was told that there was a lot of i mean a lot of witches in my house a lot of witches in my house and so i was always afraid Bishop Ogo, i was afraid of my family house i went i can count on my fingers how many times i went there and whenever they sent me there because i had to go and send i immediately exit they had told me that nobody who's a male ever does well and they pointed, my mother was quick to point to me. That have you seen any male who has gone to university here? And it was true. Wow. Yeah. And it would point the one or two people, what has happened to them? They went to abroad. They never came back. We don't know where they are. A few others, they died. And the one who didn't die, who didn't get lost, became a drunk, a drunkard. And I could see the destroyed life. So my mother told me that I will never go to university because he wanted a life child rather than educated child who will die so i had accepted it and with fear and he had pointed all the witches all the old ladies whether they are witches or not i don't know but i believed it i believed it and ladies and gentlemen i would have dreams witches dwarfs chasing me every time wreck i never told anybody this i was full of fear full of fear and then Unfortunately for my mother, I was doing well in school. And because I was doing well in school, I was approaching university age. And I actually passed very well my A-level exams. If I tell you the grades, then fancy people here, oh, sorry, the, 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 the precept people here will be, will, will be jealous. Because Bishop Ogo is in fancy, I don't want to say them fancy people. But I know, if it wasn't for Bishop Ogo, they would have been jealous. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because of that, I won't mention my grades. Because if I had gone to, in fact, sorry, to Presec, I wouldn't have gotten those grades. Amen. <laughs> Please, I'm looking here also. <laughs> I, I receive forgiveness. Listen, 
I passed very well. Excellently. Excellently. Just like Bishop Ogo. <laughs> and I was supposed to go to medical school because that's what I had chosen to do. My mom was excited about me becoming a doctor but was afraid about me going to university. So she decided we will have, we will let me go to university but I have to go to a juju man. Yeah. I refused. There's something inside me didn't want it. So I refused until the last day. I was threatened that I'm not going until I go to the juju man. So with that appointment, we rushed there. The last minute, they went there. My mother took me. When we went there, they were very dirty. People with dirty clothing, marked with white. All kinds of things. Scary faces. Music. Boom, 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 with all kinds of concoctions and pots boiling. Hey, I was full of fear. Then my mother said, we need to pay consultation fee. So they took me to the place, paid consultation fee. And then they entered me into a room where I was supposed to go and narrate my history. What was bothering me? You know, when I finished, then they said, okay, they've heard everything. Now they were going to set me up with a chief, the chief juju man. And they told my mother, the last me, that, well, unfortunately, the juju man is not here today. I was so happy. I was so happy. The juju man is not, who had traveled. So they took my consultation fee. They did my you know, every physical examination, everything, but they couldn't make the diagnosis. They couldn't give me any treatment. I had to go back. So they said, I should come back. I don't know whether I was coming back in a month or something. I was very happy. I said, without an amb- be- be- being a believer, I just did a sign of the cross. And I went. My mother was forced to send me to school. Ladies and gentlemen, when I went to school, I was there. I have been in Methodist going one, two, three times or something. Then there was a time that I went to Methodist Presby and a pastor came to preach was Bishop Saki. And I said, this man, where did he come from? They said, lighthouse. I said, me, I will go to that lighthouse. Yeah, I tell you. Now, all along, I was having those dreams. Those dreams were coming. Then finally, I managed to get to Kolebu. And then when I saw, this is the lighthouse. Then I went there, a white man was preaching. A white man was, that white man was Bishop. Said some, this is the he. This is the he was preaching. And I lifted my hands and gave my life to Jesus Christ. From that time, I, did, I used to go to church three times a year. From that time, every Sunday I would go to church. Every Sunday I would go to church. Every Sunday I would go to church. And you know, lighthouse, you know how they are. You know, you know how they are. Uh-huh. You, know, you, know, you know how they are. Tell somebody we are like that and we don't mind. But that time I was like, well, you know how they a shepherd came for me. Shepherd was because you are, you know. He came for me. He said, Here we memorize scriptures. Here we pray. Here you have to join a ministry. Hey, what is this? They made me. I had to take on rulership for deliverance. I didn't even know what was happening. By the time I realized I was in the film stars. At that time, it's called drama ministry. My first play I acted was called Rich. Was, I was called Richie Rich. I acted the place of the rich fool. Yeah. Who had a lot of money and spoke. I remember I made a phone call to President Bush at that time. And I said, look, it's time for you to pay, to pay back my loan. I mean, I was that rich in that play. Yeah, the rich fool. From that day, I've asked the Lord, Lord, please deliver me from the foolishness and keep the riches with me. The rich fool. Take away the fool. Give me the riches. I think it's working. My shirt looks like a rich man. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, I tell you, then they would do 
mem- scripture memorization. Once I were there, see why would tell us. Uh, everybody, you have to quote a scripture before you sit down. We all stand up for the beginning of the meeting. When you quote a scripture, then you sit down. If your turn comes and you can't quote a scripture, you have to lift up one hand. Then they give you another chance. If you quote, then your hand will come down. You have to quote two. Hand come down for the first one, sitting for the second. If that second attempt to, you can't, then you lift up your leg. Hey, it's becoming a lot. But it trained me. It made me know how to speak scriptures. Everything. Everything the shepherds do. I tell you. Signs and wonders were taking place. I didn't know what was happening. But gradually I entered the church. Became a, 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 a proper member. You know, this time I was not looking for curves or for hips or for dimples or anything like that. Yeah, I was looking for God. I'm serious. And then I was in the church properly. The church in the wilderness had absorbed me. I had accepted the rulership. And therefore, I didn't even know that there was any deliverance that had come to me. I just was walking normally. And I didn't even know that I was not dead. I didn't even know that all the things that they threatened me and the fear was not happening. Until one day, you know, I was there. Working in the church. And I had a dream. When I had a dream... Every dream or nightmare that I've ever had came together. Nightmares. The dwarfs, this time they were wearing jerseys. Some were wearing blue. Some were wearing yellow. Some were wearing black. Green, I tell you. And this time they had bow and arrow. They told me they were singing to come and kill. And they had this Makola woman's, um, what is it called? The hats. I tell you, the Busha dwarfs was coming. And they were chasing me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you will understand why I'm telling you this story. They chased me around. They chased me until I was weak. And I was going. I was going. I was going. I kept going, going, running. And I became weak and limp. Limp. And at a point, I was just about to fall down and die. And they were closing in on me, all of them singing. And suddenly my foot hit something. Ladies and gentlemen, I didn't know what it was, but suddenly, like a machine entered my legs, started entering my body, energy came. By the time I realized, I was running up some stairs, long, and people were helping me from the side. I ran up with energy, and I got up. When I got up, there was a man, big, tall, with white cloth, white hair, white beard, everything, beautiful eyes, and he embraced me, brother, get up, and embraced me like this, boom. Wow. I was shocked. It was like a pillow. And when I, the voice told me, look back. When I look back, I was clinging on him and looking back. Because I was afraid. Do you know what I saw? All the dwarfs had become smoke. Red smoke, yellow smoke, green smoke, black smoke. Everything. I tell you honestly, from that day till now, I've never had a nightmare. I've never, never had a night. Only nice dreams. Nice dreams. Dreams. Beautiful dreams. Ministerial dreams. Spiritual dreams. Blessings. I did not understand what had happened. Please, you may be seated. Until one day, Bishop asked us to preach a message. And the message for 527 was tithing pioneers of the tithe and we had read Jacob chapter 10 of this book and I was preaching 
Yeah, so it was Genesis chapter 20, verse 20, or chapter 28, verse 20. So I just read Genesis 20, verse 20. 28, verse 20, chapter 10. Please bring it up. And then it was Jacob. And I read, it was about the vows of Jacob. And Jacob vowed a vow saying, I was preaching about tithe. If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, keep going, eh? such that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. Okay? That means he will get born again. God will be his God. And this stone which I set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you shall give me, I will surely give thee the tenth. I preach about this message about the tithe. The tithe is a covenant. Tithe is a response to what God has done for you. Giving you raiment to put on, food to eat, giving you the peace of mind, bringing you back. When you go, you come back. All those things we learn. I preach nicely about it. Then when I went home, I normally like to do that. When I take the book, I don't just read the verses, but I read the chapter where the verse is taken from to get the context. So I went and I read. I was shocked at what I found. Do you want to know what I found? Let's read it together. Genesis 28 verse 10. Not knowing my dream was in the Bible. And I didn't know it. My dream was in the Bible. I had forgotten about the dreams for a long time. I didn't, I didn't forgotten about nightmares. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking to you about the power of the church in the wilderness and what it does for you when you settle inside of it properly. How the rulership brings deliverance. Watch this with me. And Jacob went out from Beersheba, went toward Haran, running from Esau because he had gone to steal Esau's birthright and blessing. He was running away from a threat from the brother. I was running away from witches. Either way, we are running away from something. Most people that come to church, they run away from something. God doesn't mind. But look at what happens. He lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and laid down in that place to sleep. All right? Just like me. And he dreamed. This was several years, eh? I had become a doctor and everything. I didn't even know. Because this one was in second year of medical school when I had the dream. I was not even a, a, a proper... Uh, what, I had just become um, um, a, a Christian. And I joined the fellowship. And I joined ministry shepherd preaching born again. And he dreamed. And behold, a ladder was set up on the earth. The top of it reached to heaven. I'm telling you honestly. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. Keep moving up. And behold, the Lord himself stood above it. And said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father. The God of Isaac. Telling Jacob. Remember, I'm the Lord God of Abraham. The Lord God of... He didn't say, I'm your God. Yeah, you remember the vow he said, you will become my God. Abraham, at that time, Jacob was perhaps dead, not doing anything, not taking seriously who God was. His father was, his pastor was, his whatever people were. People were taking things seriously, but he was not. And God told him, look, I've given you grace. By grace are you saved. Grace has saved you. Your father, Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land that you are lying, to thee will I give it. And to your seed. Watch. Let's keep going. Verse 14. And your seed shall be as the dust of the earth. And thou shalt spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south. 
and in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Ladies and gentlemen, watch this. And behold, I am with thee and will keep thee in all the places where you go and will bring you again into this land for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken of thee. Hallelujah. Now watch Jacob's reaction and interpretation when he woke up. Today, some of you wake up from your dreams in the name of Jesus. Even if it's a nightmare, your life will never be the same again. Jacob, who's called Israel, who is representative of the church in the wilderness. Yeah. Do you know Jacob was converted? Jacob is a representative symbolic name for an unbeliever who the Lord has targeted to save because of somebody's prayer, because somebody knows God, because somebody's preaching to you, and you are in the church. Jacob, who is a trickster, a supplanter, a pimp like me, was converted to Israel, the prince or the son of God, the prince who has power with God and with man. Put that in context as you read this. He, Jacob, in his old self, unbeliever self, or even a believer with a bad attitude. Obvious he was in the church. His pastor knew God. His pastor's pastor, Abraham, knew God. He did not know God, or he thought he did. But God had a plan for him. And he awaked out of his sleep. And he said, wow. Surely, not maybe, surely, The Lord is in this place and I knew it not. In case you did not know, the wilderness church, God is there. God is in this place. On top of that ladder overlooking the church and its activities is God. That dream, I didn't know. God was describing the church in the wilderness. What he had brought me, I didn't know. He awoke. Suddenly I woke up to my senses. Amen. This is it. And he said, the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. God is in this place. eh? Everything that I do these days, I'm very serious about it. When I come to the church, I kneel down and I pray. I worship. I bow down. Worshiping. God is here. He's watching everything. If if you read the book, Mary Baxter's book, A Divine Revelation of Heaven, you will not misbehave in the church. Even your tithe that you steal, you give 2% and it's, it's actually supposed to be 10%. All that thing you will never do. God is in this place. And I didn't look at what happens to Jacob who realized God is in the place, who set themselves up, who realized the church in the wilderness, acknowledge the rulership of their Moses and get deliverance. What happens to them? Watch this. He woke up. Surely the Lord is in this place. I didn't know it. And he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place? How awesome is this place? How powerful is this place? This is no other place but the house of God. Come for the Lord Jesus. It's the house of God. That structure. Today I came to tell you about the wilderness church. We are structured. The house of God spiritually is representative of a place that may be like even stones. Like we are in the wilderness like this. But there is a connection, a ladder rising with angels going up and down. Going up with your prayers, coming down with miracles, coming down to deal with the angels or with the demons of your life. Coming down to deal with the motiers, dwarfs, dwarfs, dwarfs of your life. To deal with them, to make you a better person, to convert Jacobs into Israels. This is no other place than the house of God. And this is the gate 
of heaven. Access to heaven. You, this is the closest you've gotten to heaven, my, I'm telling you. It's the gateway. Everybody that is supposed to be going to heaven. The church is the visa center. The church is the embassy. This is how I got prepared for heaven. This is how you get prepared. And everybody you see out there needs to be brought in. To come and experience this symbol of a church. And this is the gate of heaven. Then look at his attitude from there. And and Jacob rose up early in the morning. And he took the stone eh, that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon it in the name of Jesus. You know, many of us, we sit down. I was doing that. The chair is like stone. It was like a pillow. Many of us would come to church just to sleep. Inactivity. Some of us, our bottoms are like heaters. We just come to bring heat. In this time that I'm sweeping, sweet, 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 I'm, I'm sweating. If your bottom was an air conditioner, I would have understood. Heating the place. Idle. Idle. Jacob changed. He said, no. This is not just going to be a chair or a stone. He poured oil. He said, this is a spiritual place. Poured oil on it. Made it a spiritual entity. Made it a spiritual and used this as a piece. He said, from this chair, the church will be built. From this stone, the church will be built. My chair in church has contributed to the building of the church ever since I understood this dream. And poured oil upon the top of it. Keep going. And he called the name of the place Bethel. Bethel. But the name of that place before was called Las. I don't know how you've seen this place. But listen. Every threat that was in my way has changed. Today, look at me. Do I look like a dead man? I have become a physician. I have become a doctor. I have gone through all those demons. Deliverance has come. Ladies and gentlemen, ever since this, the Lord revealed to me, immediately I saw this, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. This is the dream that you had. And the reason you are which you are, it says when your foot touched, that thing was the church. You put your feet in the church properly from that day. Suddenly new energy called the Holy Spirit had been given you. Yeah. And therefore, the devil was afraid. Every demon was vanquished. And new life was given me. He said, the day I stepped in properly, and I decided that it was not just a chair to relax on, but a chair to prepare me to build his church. Even though I'm lay, that day everything changed. The Jacob in me changed to Israel. And everything began to actually upgrade. Today, I thank God. That without understanding, I did it. Today you understand. Let that attitude change. And let the blessing of the Lord set you up for a blessing. And you know, after that he made a decision. In verse 20. said, and Jacob vowed a vow saying, if God will be with me. And God will be with you. God has been with me. I've never had that nightmare again. If God will be with me and will keep me, me, protect me in this way that I go. I don't know what your venture is. I ran away, but he kept me, protected me, will give me bread to eat. I've eaten every day. I don't look starved anymore. He will feed you and will give, put raiment on me. May he cover you with his feathers. May he give you a house. May he give you a home. May he give you a covering, spiritual covering, physical coming, covering. And he said, if that happens, put raiment on me. The next verse, so that I come again. To my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. Today make God. 
Jacob was not born again. He was just riding on Abraham's God, Isaac's God. It was time to have my personal God, my personal knowledge of God, my personal relationship with God. When you go to Genesis chapter 32, it's even there. It says El Bethel. Now, the name Bethel means the house of God. Now, Jacob even converted the place to El Bethel, the God of the house of God. Some of you have a relationship with the church. May you have a relationship with God himself in the name of Jesus so that I come again in this place in peace. The Lord shall be my God. And then of the, this stone, next verse, 22. This stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. That means that God's house will be built from this chair. Look at every chair that you are sitting on. With you can be another six people. Another hundred people. Which shall be set for a pillar. A pillar means something to build. Something that is a strong. May you be a pillar. May your chair be a pillar. Shall be God's house. And of all that you shall give me. I will surely give a tent to you. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the things that has been a hallmark of my life, that has been the greatest blessing, is the blessing of tithing. Ever since I saw this. You see, I could have died. Just like all the males in my house. But God has extended my life. I will serve him with the rest of my life. I will serve him with my money. 10% is nothing. I make a vow. Because I've understood the power of the church that is a covering. Some of you don't understand. And your attitudes are funny. Since that day, not only didn't I die, nobody, no young person has died in my house. Because God saved me and my household. It shall be an extension. Put your hands together for Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. You may please be seated. Wow. Now, this is about the structure of the church. Now, I want to talk to you about the, how should I, the operation. How does it operate? You'll be shocked. You'll be shocked. I tell you that wilderness church is operated in a way that will shock you. And I'm going to read a scripture from Exodus chapter 17 from verse 8. Okay. So this is a structure. This is what happens to us every day. There are angels moving up and down. Angels carrying your prayer. Angels sometimes carrying your tears. Bringing answers to you. Bringing healing and all that. One of the things that happens to me. The last time I helped somebody overnight lift a car in my back. You know, I believe in the church so much. I told my wife. My wife brought me some balm from America. I said I'll apply it. But I believe that when I go into the church... Immediately, I start some activity to build house of God. Whether preaching or anything, it will go away. I had even forgotten that my back was hurting because they were going to do an MRI. It's gone. God will bring your healing in the church in Jesus' name. But let me talk to you. Since this is here I am, send me. And this is a lay world movement. Let's talk about the structure. I said, have you brought it up? Exodus chapter 17 verse 8. Exodus chapter 17. Now watch this. Remember this. And then came the oppressions of the church in the wilderness. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. Pay attention to this very seriously. And Moses. You know Moses. I've told you. Moses is a man of God that God calls alone. And with him he brings Israel. A denomination like this. Moses said to Joshua. Choose us out men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill 
with the rod of God in my hand. Okay? So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek and Moses, Aaron and Hare went up to the top of the hill. Do we have a microphone that I can use? A microphone. Pastor, can you come? Reverend Amen, can you please come? Amen. This is say Moses. Right here. Bible says Moses went up to the hill. <laughs> and it came to pass. When Moses held up his hand with a rod. Both. Israel prevailed or they won. When he let down his hand. Amalek prevailed. This is Moses. Moses is representative of a man of God. Say Bishop Dag or even Bishop um, Ogo. He's there alone. He's seeking the face of God. When God calls a man of God, he puts him on top of a mountain. He lifts up. The rod is a rod of miracles. When he lifts it, the church wins. When he brings it down, the church loses. It's very important. For example, what the Bible says, strike the shepherd and the sheep shall scatter. All these things that are, for example, happening. These unfortunate brothers who are attacking and sending messages. Their whole idea is to bring weaken the hand of Moses so that the church will fail. But it will never happen in Jesus' name. Let me tell you how God strengthens Moses. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand. This word, when he let down the hand, Amalek prevailed. Then, verse 12. But Moses' hands were heavy. Were tired. New Living said he was tired. Very tired. And I remember he said, Her and Aaron came. Bishop, please, can I ask you to do me a favor? This is Mr. Aaron. Aaron looks more like a full-time pastor. Please, come. On one side, please. And, um, yes, may you come, please. This is Her. Okay? But Moses' hands were heavy. And they took a stone and put it under him. Can you please bring a stone? A chair. Good. They took a stone like this. Watch this. And put it under him. And he sat on it. Even he's sitting on it. Because his hands were heavy. So they put this. And Aaron and her stayed his hands up. The one on the one side. The other on the other side. Mr. Aaron, please. And then Mr. Hare, good, on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going on of the sun, going down of the sun. Now, let's keep going. Verse 13. And Joshua discomfited the Amalekites and his people with the edge of the sword. Joshua actually overcame. The church was winning. And the Lord said to Moses, write this for a memorial in a book and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. For I'll utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under the heaven. Watch this. Why is this so important? You will understand. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. Aaron. This is Moses. We understand. He was called in the wilderness. God gave him the rod. He did many miracles with the rod. Lift it up. Be with me. And so long as it's up, the church will progress. The church will succeed. The church will do well. But he could not do it alone. So he brought Mr. Aaron and he brought Mr. Hare. Where is this Aaron coming from? Where is this hair coming from? Let's go back a little bit for you to see the structure. Exodus chapter 4. From verse 8. Watch this very carefully. From verse 8. And it shall come to pass. Eh? If they don't believe. Let's even go to verse 10. 
You know, Moses had been called by God to go and preach. Moses was making excuses. A man of God is not easy to accept the burden. You always want, can I do it? Can I? And Moses was like that. Moses said to the Lord, Oh Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since you spoke unto your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. I'm not worthy. I can't speak. I'm a stammerer. And the Lord said unto him, Who has made a man's mouth? Or who makes the dumb or the deaf or the seen or the blind? I don't know what your excuse is. God says whether you are dumb, whether you are defective, whether you have an issue. He made you as you are. Here I am. Send me. He's coming. Have I not the Lord made all of them? Then he debunked everything Moses was saying. And he said in verse 12. He said, see, therefore go. I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. Wow. Then verse 13. Then he said, oh my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of he whom you will send. Don't send me. Here am I, but send him. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? Aaron is a Levite. These are the people who have been called to do ministry. You know, there were 12 tribes. And the Levites were selected by God. He said, you are my portion. You are going to keep the tabernacle. They are like the full-time ministers. So I'm trying to explain to you how Aaron came and how hair came to be. The anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses and he said, is not Aaron the Levite your brother? That's the family of priests that I've called. I called you. I can call him as well. I know he can speak well. And also behold, he comes forth to meet thee. He sees you. He shall be glad. Anybody that God calls along the man of God must necessarily be happy serving alongside. Clap for the Lord Jesus. That was Aaron. And watch this. And you shall speak unto him and put words in Mr. Aaron's mouth. God called Moses and brought Aaron as a spokesman. Brought pastors to speak for him. And he put his words in his mouth. And he said, and I will be with your mouth, Mr. Moses. And also, I will be with Aaron's mouth. Amen. And will teach you what you shall do. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, in the beginning, when God called Moses, he realized Moses could not speak alone. He brought us, and he shall be thy spokesman unto the people, and he shall even be to them instead of a mouth, and you shall be to them instead of God. So Moses, everybody who comes, the preachers, even Moses say Bishop Doug, God brings Bishop Ogo, God brings Bishop, Bishop Solomon, God brings Bishop Kobe. Come and stand. And he said in that verse before, and you will put words in their mouth. Ladies and gentlemen, God is expecting. Moses takes the oracles from the words from God and he tells the spokesman, go and say this. That's why I believe in the books that are written here. He puts his words in a book and he tells pastors, go and preach. And God says that I God will be with you, Moses, your mouth, and I will be with his, Aaron's mouth as well. Anybody who takes the words that Bishop Daggy or Moses gives to a pastor, go and preach. God says, you've taken the words, I will anoint Moses' mouth, but I will anoint your mouth as well. When I take this book and I preach it, if it's the words that have been put in my mouth, suddenly an anointing comes to me. That's the structure. That is a structure. Ladies and gentlemen, 
that's how anybody who says we preach from books have not read the bible the original church in the wilderness god said to moses i will show you the words put the words in the spokesman's mouth and i will be with your mind the same god who anointed the mouth of bishop dad will anoint the mouth of anybody who carries the book and speaks it and preaches it and that is how the words become anointed that's how i was preaching about tithe but it brought major deliverance to the church and to myself so now for anybody who says why is it that we preach from the books tell them you don't know the bible yeah put the words in his mouth and i will be with your mouth mr moses and i will be with mr aaron's mouth i believe god has anointed my mouth after i preach these things i believe that clearly bishop ogo has preached great with great anointing but ladies and gentlemen let's keep going so i explained to you you can see where aaron came from now where is this mr hair where is he coming from who is he let's go back to exodus chapter 17 and verse number 11 the bible says watch this eh? and it came to pass when moses held up his hand that israel prevailed and when he let down his hand Amalek prevailed and keep going. Yeah. And Moses' hands were heavy and they took a stone and put it under him and he sat thereon. Aaron and Er stayed both his hands. The one on the one side, the one on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, today I came here is the lay world movement. We understand that Aaron is a Levite. Aaron is rightfully called to support Mr. Moses. So he's standing here. It's okay. But where is this hair come from? This hair is not a Levite. It's not called. It's not full time. Was not called with Moses. He's not part of the Levitical priesthood. It's a common man. One of the eleven tribes. He actually comes from Judah. He was a lay person. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a structure. God calls a Moses like Bishop Dad. Calls full timers on one side. He calls the lay on the other side. He said, Mr. Aaron, stabilize this side. And let Mr. Hare be on the other side. One on one side. The other on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a whole side of ministry. That if lay people does not take up, their battle will not be won. Moses' hand will be weakened. It does not just take full-time pastors. We have been called, whether you are an usher, whether you are a cleaner, whether you are in the children's church, whether you are singing, whether you are a lay preacher like me. Yours is on the other side. Your helping will stabilize the hand of our Moses and the battle of the church will be won. Clap for the Lord Jesus. I came to explain to you that your position is important. That your hand of help is important. You think that you are just cleaning is nothing. If Bishop Corby has a problem, it's something. But you, your cleaning, who will be singing? Who will be cleaning? Who, who will be bashing? If it was only the full time. This is how important it is. This is what some of these our brothers are saying. That don't do it. Just take money like the full time and do it. We will weaken the hand. God called the Levites. He said, bring and told them, look, you come and support Moses. But I'll bring the other tribes. They will do the tithing. They will bring their money. They will support you. They will bring support into the tabernacle. Your work is very important no matter who you are. You have the whole side. Bible says Aaron on one side and hair 
on the other side, there's a whole other aspect of ministry. Who do you think would have built even this? Where will the full-timers go and work? If it wasn't for the lay people who are working somewhere else and even giving tithes and offering to build this beautiful sanctuary. Ladies and gentlemen, clap for the next lay person standing. Tell the person, you are doing the hair ministry very well. And that's why the church is not going down from today. May you understand the power of the lay ministry. This is very important. This is very important. This is very important. And you know, when you are on the field, like you are in OEB, and you think that it's just one church operating, you haven't understood. There's always a Moses standing that may not have gone on the mission field. He has sent the Joshua's to the field. Joshua is winning, and Joshua feels that ah, I am powerful. I am very great. My ministry is flourishing. I'm in OEB and doing well. I'm in Memphis and I'm doing well. And I disconnect from what is going on with Moses. On the mount of Rephidim. His hand. And we disconnect. That is how come churches we disconnect don't do well. Because they forget this structure. Never forget this. There's a connection between what is going on here. And what Joshua who was sent by Moses to the field. To the mission field. To OUB. To all kinds of places. Bible says so long as this structure was in place. And Moses' hand was up. The church did well. Our church will do well. When we are connected to the Moses properly. And when Aaron is doing his part. And but hair will also do his part. Clap for the Lord Jesus. You may be seated. But say this. Watch this. They are tired already. No, no. You can't sit. Watch this. Verse 13. And Joshua just confitted the people with the edge of the sword. Now look at verse 14. And the Lord said to Moses, write this for a memorial in a book and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua who is on the field. Joshua didn't see this. Joshua's don't see this. My church in Memphis may not recognize this. The church in South Africa may not recognize that there is a Moses. Remember, whose hands are up there. But we must, Bible says, rehearse, but put it, never forget it. Put it in a book of memorial and let Joshua's ears hear it, rehearse it. Let them rehearse it. It means keep doing it. Keep telling them over and over. Give us New Living Translation. Let them never forget this. After the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it aloud to Joshua. So when you see a church that's trying to break away, a church that refuses its connection to the Moses. I came to explain to you, ladies and gentlemen, that there's a connection with every activity of our Moses and what is going on here. What happens if the Moses goes away? Whoever is put there for Moses still has a connection. Joshua became. Clap for the Lord Jesus. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, no wonder... Sometimes when I see bishops still doing the flow in terms of, in spite of these activities, in spite of these evil attacks, I just thank God. I say, Lord, thank you for preserving this arrangement. Because if his hand is broken, if he refuses, he gets so frustrated, so depressed, so distressed, and withdraws, the churches will go down. You have no idea. That's why strike the shepherd 
and the sheep shall be scattered. That's why when they are attacking the church, they attack him. They put all these things on Facebook. That is why if we are smart spiritually, we have to pray for him. We have to support him. We have to stand by him. We have to fight and defend him and defend the church appropriately. Because when he goes down, we all go down. Mr. Hare is now the lay world movement. Ladies and gentlemen, so as we understand the full time, God has called Moses and in the context of his call, we the lay people have found our calling. Thank God I have something to do because of this arrangement. Moses smartly called her. And that's how you have something to do in the church for God to bless you. For God to lay people. For God to bless you. So from today, when you see the work of the lay person, remember he is a component part of this arrangement. Today I came to introduce you to your all important work. You may not be a full time, but your place is important. Mr. Lay Cleaner, Mr. Lay Member, Mr. Lay Bar Center Leader, Mr. Lay Was Center Leader, Mr. Lay Center Leader, Mr. Lay Film Star, Mr. Lay Pulpit Star, Mr. Lay Singing Star airport star, whatever you are. Don't just think it's just pastors. All of us. After I started, you may be seated. seated. I started as a lay member. A lay member. A lay terrible member who looked at curves. Yeah. A lay horrible member who came in because of girls. Yeah. Then I became a lay proper member when the demons were delivered from me. Yeah. From there, I became a lay, a lay, a lay what? Drama, film star, a lay film star. Richie Rich, a lay film star. I did my best as a lay film star. And at a point, while in the film starship, one day, they told me to go and do some outreaches. I brought three people. Then my shepherd told me, from today, you are a fellowship shepherd. It's called, at that time, at that time, it was a fellow, now it's a lay center leader. A labor center leader. Wow. I took care of these sheep until my ministry shepherd, who was then a center leader, now we call it center leader, she got ill. She got admitted to the hospital. Look at that. See how he's tired. He's sweating, eh? Moses did it the whole day. He did it 24 7. He cannot rest. Look, this is how difficult it is for our leaders who operate and their prayers day and night. When they have to lift up holiness, lift up the rod of God, keep on preaching, keep on counseling people, sending people to the field. They need spiritual power, connection with God, focus. They need peace of mind. They need to be settled and stabilized. And it takes Aaron's and hairs. That is why we upgrade ourselves until we get to this point. I became a lay center leader, ministry shepherd. Then I was there one day. They said there's something called IPTP. So they're going to train us. Shepherds meeting, pastors training and all that. We would wait Tuesday evenings. We would wait for training. Ladies and gentlemen, when they tell you to wait, wait. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings. You will be upgraded. I've waited Tuesday evening after midday, a midweek service. We wait and have training till like 3 a.m. We go and catch some two hours sleep and we go to, to school and we go to work. I became a lay trainee until I became a lay pastor. Clap for the Lord Jesus. All under this connection with air. Yeah, this structure. 
ladies and gentlemen, a lay pastor. And I was there. My first job as a lay pastor, they gave me a mobile phone, Mobitel, big one. At that time, phones had not come. Yeah, big one, you remember? It looks like a gun. Weapon. You remember? We had to pull it up long. Virginia Bontina, make I say, that time. Bishop, you are in the flow. I tell you. And then my job, my first was a premier chapel pastor. I was a mobile pastor. My job was, you know how your church is big? A lot of people come who don't know they are left from their right. So my job was to go around after church. You know, I like chatting with people. I mean, I'm generally a nice person, you know what I'm saying? Hey, don't tell my wife because, you know, she thinks I was only nice when I wrapped her. Anyway, don't tell her I said that. Now, where's, oh, okay. So, Kobe, you've left your post. Thank you. Anyway, so I just became a mobile. And what I did was that when the church is big like this, people come in and they're not connected to any, they are not in any ministry. They are not in any chapel. They are not in any center. They don't know any pastor. They don't know any shepherd. They just walk in and walk out. If you don't take care, they will be lost. So my job was after church, I go around. When I see somebody who looks lost or standing by himself or herself, I just walk up to the person, hey, hey, called deep sea fishing. My name is Kojo Lindsay. Ah, is this your first time in church? Yes. Oh, who invited you or you came? I came on my own. You came on your own? Wow. This is your first time. But how did you get to know about this church? I was just passing and I heard singing and praising. My goodness. God has brought you here. So you don't know anybody. Today I would like to be your friend. Please. I would like to be your friend. You cannot be in this church and not have a friend. And then I pull him. You know? And I come. This is also another friend. Sister Araba Lucy. Please. Sure. Yeah. Uncle Moffat. <laughs> and yeah. And then, yeah, so today, from today, this is your friend, this is your friend, I'm your friend too. By the way, this is my phone number, and I give my phone number. Where do you live? I live in Polygon. Did you just walk to church or you drove? Oh, so it's not far. Oh, I can walk you to your place. Oh, if it's too far, oh, okay. I walk them to the place, I find their place. If it's too far, I said, oh, I can give you my address. Let me give you, you you to give me and I write the address. Oh, behind the lotto kiosk, the one behind the lotto kiosk, there's a watch seller. Not the one who sells watch in the morning. The one who sells in the evening. Uh-huh. The one, those are big one. When you look behind that, there's a white house. I am, my house is next door to the white house. Use the blue gate and you find me. And I write it down. Clap for the Lord Jesus. When I read it, ask for who? If you call my real name, they don't know me. So ask for Manzoro. Manzoro. Clap for Manzoro. Clap for that was my job. And I will, yeah. And then I will do, maybe to, one day I'll do maybe about six people. I write their names now. And in the same week, I visit all of them. We a number of them. We visit them. We sit down. We teach them the new believer school in their home. Yeah. We teach them. And then when they are ready, we bring them to church to do water baptism. And we assemble all of us to get all the... And then we do Holy Ghost baptism. And when they get established, that's our fellowship. Then we hand them over to a chapel or a center leader or a pastor. And then I make sure that they are properly handed over. And I have to check to make sure the next three weeks after handing over, they are still there. Stable. Then I go for another set. Premier chapel leader. Lay mobile pastor. Yeah. And from there, I went on. And... I became 
you know, one day I was doing this. I thought it was great. And then Bishop preached a message. Watch night. He said, everybody must have a vision. Financial vision, marital vision. I mean, academic vision, spiritual vision. About seven visions. I think I had all of them. I didn't have a spiritual vision. I had financial. I planned to go to America. I planned to. I was married. I was planning to have, you know, children. I had one boy. I was planning to have girls. Right now, I still cry. My wife doesn't have a girl. When you meet her, tell her that I'm still. He should give me another chance. He give me three boys. If he tries me again, it will be powerful. Yeah, I know there are people here who will tell. So you, tell her. Tell I, I. She should give me another chance. Anyway, but I had all that. Then I told Bishop I made a mistake to go to Bishop. I said, Bishop, I don't think I have a spiritual vision. Can you give me one? Hey. <clears throat> Bishop said, no problem. From today, go and start a church in Dansoma. Spiritual vision. I said, hey, I didn't think I was, I didn't want to leave the church. My wife was singing before Bishop would preach. So I went to tell my wife, Bishop says I should go to this. Will you come with me? He said, no, I can't go. I sing for Bishop. Say, so how can I do that? I never started a church. I became a lay church planter. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Lay. Still. I was not full time or anything. I was helping the full time work. I knew my Moses. I knew my Aaron's. I knew that I had to also carry on this side. Clap for the Lord Jesus. You know, they are tired. We should release them, right? I think they are tired. You are tired? Or we should keep look he's sweating oh go and sit down clap for them god bless you how does it feel even you who are helping it's not how is it how is it it wasn't easy at all you know, bishop is it true i have cramps in my <laughs> clap for our moses and aarons and hairs tell the next hair you will support all the way <laughs> look and i became a church planter now when I went, in fact, I went and I was not too happy when my wife said she was not going. So I came the following week and I told Bishop, Bishop, you know, I don't have a place. You know, it's difficult to find a place. So can we change? Maybe when I find a place, I was going to drag it until I went to America. Bishop said, oh no, I'll give you a place. I said, which place? I've searched for one week. I didn't know how you going. He said, oh, go to the nursery, Lighthouse Nursery School. We started, there are little chairs for the day nursery people. Start using that. Gradually, you'll get here. When the church grows, we'll help you with chairs. <sighs> so I went to, as a lay branch pastor, clap for the Lord Jesus. I started. I did evangelism. I, mobil- I told about two people in the church, can you come and help me? They went with me. We did evangelism. We went and all the people who had backslidden, who lived in Dansuman, South Odoko, we mobilized all of them. We did outreaches. The church started growing. I had a beetle. The church grew and the chairs became too few. Then we would go with the beetle. We would carry chairs in the back seat. Only 10. Then we can't go and come and go. And I didn't have money for fewer. So I would put some. I would open the trunk which was in front. The boot was in front. We opened and I loaded it with another 10 and I tied. it. So because it was beetle, it was covering the windscreen. I tied. Then I put my hand in as if I'm trying seven. But I'm actually using the windscreen was air. And I'll look and I'll drive. Hey, papa, papa. Then I'll keep driving until I get there and I remove the tying. I, in the morning, I'll carry the chairs out, arrange them. I was sweating like this one. A pastor. 
tell somebody, what a hair. I knew nobody would pay me anything, but I was happy doing it. Look how the Lord has blessed me. I did it with my heart. I became a lay branch pastor. I had six months to go to America. I didn't say I'm just doing anything. Within six months, we had more than 50 church members by the grace of God. The church was growing, outreaches, follow-up, prayer, training, all these things. All lay, all lay with my heart, knowing that I need to support the course. And I did it with my heart. Yeah. By the time I was leaving, the church had grown. They could not ignore it. Bishop Jake had to come and do a handover ceremony. Bishop had to appoint. Bishop Ogo's assistant pastor was Bishop Reverend Abwaji. We came to snatch them, you remember, from your church. Because it says another church is brewing. It's not just Mateko. You have to come and handle. As a lay, I built a church solid enough to bring an assistant pastor of Bishop Ogo to come and handle. We needed a mature pastor. I didn't just say that I'm a new lay pastor, so I'm doing it anyhow. And the church, they handed, I handed over properly. And by the grace of God, I went to America. When I went to America, they also put me in the New York church. That was the only church. And I helped. I became a lay assistant pastor to Bishop Joel. Oh, I thought you would clap. You would clap. Lay everywhere that I went. I assisted. We traveled to Maryland to start one church. And I was there one, ma- ma- one day, six months after I went to America. He said I should go and start one of the first branches in New York called the Bronx Church. Then I became a lay American branch pastor. You'll be there. You'll be there in Jesus' name. Yeah. I did my best over there too. The church grew. As I was doing my residency, training as a proper doctor, I was doing the work. I stayed there for six years. The church grew until it was time for me to find a job. When I found a job and I was going, I found a beautiful job, well paid in Mississippi. I came rejoicing, telling Apostle, I found a job, I found a job. I thought Apostle would be happy. He said, where's the job? I said, Mississippi. He said, the place you went, are there people, can you start a church? I said, oh yeah. Then he said, how many, what's the percentage of black people there? I said, oh, maybe about 3%, 2%, 97% white people. Then he asked me a question I'll never forget. He said, you are a pastor. As you are going as a lay pastor, you should think ministry. Seek God first, not your salary first. And he said, have you ever seen a black pastor in America with white sheep before? I said, is it a parable or what? <laughs> Tell somebody, it's a question. I started stammering like Moses. And said, uh-huh. Your ministry will die if you go to Mississippi. Find a place where the blacks are predominant. Hey, but I need a job and I found a job and it was well paid. He said, go and look again. Ladies and gentlemen, I had another job in a black predominant place. But they were giving me half, half the salary I would get in the white place. Who would do that? And it was a huge difference. If I tell you, your head will shake. But Apostle Joel told me, no. If I'm taking the lay seriously, I have to go to that place where they'll give me half. So I went there. When I went, I told the guy, you know what I did? 
I brought my contract from the bigger salary place. And I show it to the place where the blacks are. Yes, wisdom. I'm negotiating. I didn't tell Apostle Joel that one. Don't tell him. I said this, what they are giving me on that side. So can you match it? The guy told me, nobody will give you. You are just a beginner. Who will give you this amount? I stick with my salary. I heard a voice telling me, he's an unbeliever. Don't negotiate. It's about spiritual things. I put my tail behind my legs. I walked almost crying. The lay will cost you some sacrifices. Clap for the Lord Jesus. I signed that job with half the salary. Within less than two years, I had more than I would have received on the other side. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Yeah. So I became a lay overseer of the southern part of North America. By the time we finished, we started several branches over there. From that little branch, a lay church, multiple church, my lay overseer, a lay regional overseer, a lay something. I just was happy. And look at me today. Today, a lay president. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Let's rise up. What your job is is very important. Ladies and gentlemen, where are the lay ashes? Where are the lay ashes? Are there any lay ashes here? Rise to your feet. If you are an usher here, rise to your feet. No ashes here. Look at them. Clap for them. Clap for them. It's a very where are the lay singers, singing stars. Clap for ashes run here. Ashes run here. Without your job, Mr. Moses and Mr. Hare cannot do it. Are there some singers here? Come. Are there some cleaners? Come. I just want you to see the importance, the power of the lay ministry. Look at them. Look at them. Look at them. Are there lay film stars here? Are there lay instrumentalists here? Are there lay? Come, walk up to the front. Come and join them. Look at them. Look at them. Look at this beautiful group. Everybody here that works something. I have not even called all. Look, all of you, your job is important. God has recognized you in the highest calling. When Moses was there, he came where Aaron's were. The full timers need us as much as we need them. God will anoint you because of this job. Clap for the Lord Jesus and bless the name of the Lord. You may go back and sit down. You are very important. Before we take a break, I want to share with you the blessing of this lay hair ministry. You know, the first blessing is the blessing of the multi-gen or is, is the grace of the multi-generational blessing. You know, this hair, many of you don't know him because this is the first time he was mentioned. But because of what he did, God blessed his children, blessed his children's children abundantly. Amazing. Anybody who is a lay person here, your service is a great thing to serve the Lord. The Lord will bless your children. The Lord will give you a multi-generational blessing. Exodus chapter 31. You'll be surprised. And God spoke to Moses, 31 verse 1, and said to him, go in verse 2. Huh? See, I have called by name Basileel, the son of Uri, the son of Hair, of the tribe of Judah. I have called by name Basileel. All of us know Basileel. Basileel was not a Levite. I told you the Levites were the people who were called. Every other person, every other tribe was a lay tribe. So, Basileel, the son of Uri, the son of Hair. Have you seen the Hair again? Of the tribe of Judah. Ladies and gentlemen, what Hare was doing, he did not know that it was going to affect generations. He had a son who was Uri, who had a son 
who was, I mean, or rather, let's say, her had a son called Uri, and Uri begat Basileel. So Basileel was the grandson of her. Ladies and gentlemen, look at what happened. And Bible says that I have filled him with the spirit of God. So ladies and gentlemen, lay people are also filled with the spirit of God, anointed to preach just like I'm preaching to you. I am preaching with an anointing. I'm preaching with the spirit of God. Everybody who works of a necessity, God has to anoint you. God does not do anything without the Holy Spirit. Even when he was building the earth, Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and God caused his spirit to move on the face of the waters before he said, let there be light. There was The spirit of God, God can do nothing without his spirit. No work. And therefore, anybody who sings, you join yourself to sing, you join yourself to do the children's church, to build the church, to do a basenta work, to bust people. God has to anoint you like Basileel. Like Basileel. Let's go back to that Exodus chapter 31. And the Bible says, and have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the unique blessings of the late, this is a multi-generational. You see, now Basilel is also anointed from hair. And he's been given the spirit of workmanship. So God anoints us with wisdom, with understanding. That's a spirit anointing that we all know. But in addition, the lay person has a special anointing. The spirit of craftsmanship or workmanship. Wherever you are working, you may think that the anointing does not affect your workplace. But anointing operates everywhere you are. Because God anoints you and the anointing is not limited to the church. Do you remember when Moses, don't put this away, but Numbers 11, Moses called some 70 elders and God put the spirit of Moses upon them. We are carrying the spirit of Moses. And the Bible says that 70, only 68 signed up to in the church. And God caused his spirit to activate them to prophesy. Two people were in their homes, in their tents. They started prophesying there also. The anointing operates in your house. The anointing operates in your workplace. The spirit of workmanship operates at your workplace. Works of your hands are anointed. Because by your work, whatever you do, whatever you get, even financially that you support, God has to anoint it. Sometimes at my workplace, I will be there and the boss will call me. They will say, call Dr. Lindsay because this is a difficult procedure. Only he can do it. And I realize I'm there and I call on the Holy Spirit and suddenly what was difficult for them becomes easy for me. That anointing at your workplace is what causes you to be favored by your boss because of what you are doing in church to support our Moses, to support our Aaron. I came to announce to you that look, Joseph was anointed because of what he was doing for the Lord. Daniel was anointed because of what he was doing for the Lord. Lay people, we have a special anointing called the anointing for workmanship. That makes your work go well. Your boss likes you. Don't think it's just because of skill. There is an anointing for favor, anointing to do well in your workplace. Yeah, anointing to do well. When they say call Joseph, it's because of that anointing. Multi-generational blessing. I have served as a lay person for a long time. Today, when I see my children and they are shepherds and they are, they are 
youth leaders and pastors with churches. I just thank my God. I said, God, you have blessed my generations. Look, my children are three young boys from 19 to 24 in America. When you see them, you yourself, you'll be happy. Yeah, one of them sings before Bishop preaches. That little boy. When I see them, I said in America, virgins in America, serving God in America, handsome. Some of them are so handsome that when you see you yourself, you will fall, have a crash on them. But they've decided to keep themselves. When I come home to my brothers and sisters in Ghana, they said, how did you bring them up? I'm confused. I don't know it. It's because of the multi-generational blessing. God has blessed my children because of what I've decided to do to support his work. Today I came to announce you. He said, you shall serve the Lord your God and he shall bless your bread. He shall bless your water. He will even take sicknesses from the midst of you. It's a blessing that runs through generations. And look at that. And my children, one day I came from a place, you know, we, we, we had a little problem in our house. It got flooded. And so my wife and I, we had traveled. My wife decided to come along with me to go to my, I'm, I do a contract sometimes outside home. And then we went. We spent about a, a week or more. When we came back, because our house had a problem, they had given us a hotel. Thank you. So we're in the hotel. So my son alone was there because my two sons were in Ghana. When I went there, the hotel managers told us that they have ejected us. From that day, we are not supposed to be in the hotel again. I said, why? He said, because of my son. My son is giving them some problems. Hey, what problem? Because me, if I was that age at that time, and they told my parents I was giving problems, I know what kind of problems they would be. A room to myself in a hotel. Where nobody, no auntie, no uncle is there. Oh, the blanket will talk. The blanket will move. So I was a bit scared. I remembered my past. I said, am I now reaping something? Then they explained to me, no, it has nothing to do with any bad thing. They said, my son likes to speak some strange words. And every time there is music and the church is going on in his room, we don't know what is wrong, but he's disturbing the neighbors and we've told him three times and he said he, he changes. He said, I'm going to lower it, but he never lowers. That my son actually at 20 something years is listening to messages, praying in tongues when he's left alone in a hotel at 21. Handsome boy, strong in the central region and every region. Wants to serve God. Is it not the transcendent blessing of multiple generations that is passing down? If not for anything, I will serve God to keep my children from evil and to bless them. Therefore, hair knew how to... Sometimes I intentionally let my children see me kneeling down to engage them, to make them attracted to the work that I'm doing. For them to know that my my help does not come from the doctor's stethoscope, but my help comes from the Lord, whom I serve with all my heart. Even though I'm not paid. Even though I'm not paid. Yeah. Sometimes my son, they get these scholarships, and I said, I could have paid. I saved some money to pay their school fees. By the time they enter university, they said they have scholarships. Yeah. It is a blessing of the Lord. Multi-generational blessing. Yeah. And look at these Basilea people. Look at the next verse. And 
to devise cunning works to work in gold and in silver and in brass. Ladies and gentlemen, may your children work in gold. Yeah. May whatever you couldn't do, may they be able to do. Your children will be better than you. One lay person told me that I had saved a lot of money to buy buildings for my children and to keep them going. But now my children have more money than I've ever had. That shall be your story as you serve the Lord your God without any charge. That shall be your story. They worked in gold. This was not enough. As if this was not enough. Now, the multi-generational blessing is one thing. There's also lay work gives you multi-generational strength and zeal. Youthfulness. This is not the only person who was in the generation of hair. It will shock you when I tell you who hair's father was. Can you guess who hair's father was? Has anybody heard about Caleb? You won't believe it. Caleb was his father. Multi-generational blessing with multi-generational strength. Caleb was one of the people, you know, um, Moses sent 12 spies, one from each tribe, to go and search the land, the promised land, whether they can. And 10 of them came with a bad report. Say, we cannot. The people there are very big giants of Anak. And we were like grasshoppers in their eyes. Even in our own eyes, we looked like grasshoppers. How can you be in somebody's eyes? They gave a bad report and everybody was frustrated. Then there were two people, Joshua and Caleb. They still the people. They told them, we are well able. If God is happy with us, we will conquer. And they supported Moses' instruction. They beat down every opposition. They raised the morale of the people. And they supported Moses to send them to the promised land. And God blessed them. This is the Caleb who was the father of this man. Hey, clap for the Lord Jesus. Yeah. Exodus chapter 2. I mean, I mean, First Chronicles chapter 2. First Chronicles chapter 2 verse 18. You will see it there. I was shocked. And Caleb, the son of Hezron, begat children of Azuba, his wife, and of Jeriot. Her sons are these, Jesha, Shobab, and Adon. Ah, Pastor, you thought that the father of Hare was Caleb. So where, where is Hare here? Well, look at this. And when Azuba, his wife, was dead, Caleb took another wife. He took to him Ephrath, which bare for him Hare. Clap for the Hare. And then the next verse. verse two, and Hare begat Uri, and Uri begat Basileel. What a generation. What a generation. May you be the beginning of such a generation. Caleb, Her, Uri, and Basilea. In fact, some people suspect Uri was the Uriah, who was also so committed. You remember? The one whose, whatever, uh, wife, I don't know, but it is suspected. But that's what it is. May your children love the ministry because of your zeal. May your children also come into the blessing and the anointing because of your zeal. You may be a lay person, but may you rise up with a generational blessing. The blessing of the Lord that make rich and add no sorrow. May you rise up with that kind of blessing. And may the Lord bless you with that. Yeah. So this is it. This was the Joshua. And this was the Caleb. Who in the book of Joshua, I believe it's chapter 14. I think from verse 6. Let's read it. Look at what happened. Huh? Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua in Gilgal. And 
Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Kenazite, said to him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Now, Caleb was reminding Joshua, when Moses was alive, you remember what you and I did? We supported Moses. Now it's time. Now, watch this. 40 years old was I then. I'm talking about the energy and the life, extended life that God will give you because of service to him. You watch this. I was 40 years when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. Now, watch what happened because of that. And Moses swore in that day, saying, Surely the land where your feet have trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever. I said, multi-generational blessing is coming your way. Because thou wholly followed the Lord my God. Now, verse 10. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive. The Lord will keep you alive. As he said, these 45 years. Remember, he was 40 years. The Lord kept him alive for 45 years. So, how old is he now? 85 years. May you cross 80 with ease in Jesus' name. Wow. As I'm preaching here because of the lay work. I know some of you think I'm 26 and a half. But, you know, if I tell you I'm between 50 and 60, you won't believe it. But God will keep you alive and well in Jesus' name. Yeah. These 45 years... Even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am 85 years old. Now, watch this at 85. As yet, I am as strong this day as I was the day Moses sent me. When you are 85, you look like 40 in Jesus' name. You will jump like this. One day I told my wife that when we are 80, Never tell somebody, may you live long, without adding, may you live healthy. Yeah. May you live long and healthy. That's why Bishop does not say that you will be 80. He says you cross 80 with ease, without sickness. I told my wife, one day I expect that we are there. And then because of the service to the Lord, we will be there and we'll see our children's children being consecrated at bishops. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Long life and strength. And I told her that when we are going, you should make sure you are in your high heels at 85. Because I will be wearing kambus and some jeans. And I'll be wearing some nice, very trendy shirt, some linen or something. And then if you see me, you will call me. I say, hey, hey, I can be your grandchild or grandfather. Okay, Clap for the Lord Jesus. We We will be strong by the grace of God. This man was so strong, he actually said in verse 12, give me now this mountain. He said, therefore, give me this mountain where the Lord spake in that day. For thou heard in that day how the Anakims were there and that the cities were great and fenced. So if so be that the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. At 85, you'll be doing ministry. You'll be starting churches. You'll be having fellowships. You'll be preaching powerfully. You will be, some of you will be still ushering like Uncle Philip. Strong. 
because of this service. I came to introduce you to you, the hair ministry, the ministry of the lay, the support of the full-time ministers, the support of our Moses, the blessing of being in that multi-generational blessing. A fruitful blessing. You know what I like about this? Psalm 90 and verse 12. You'll be surprised what you'll find. Psalm 90 and verse This is some of the blessings that will come to you. Psalm 90. So teach us your number. Let's go to verse, verse 16. Psalm 90. Or go to the next verse. It will come. With long life will I satisfy you. Keep going. Uh-huh. Keep go, 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 go to the, what is the last verse over there? No, I mean Psalm 90. Psalm 90. Go to the, Psalm 90, the last two verses. Psalm 90. 90. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Look at this. Let thy work appear unto thy servants and thy glory to their children. When the work of the Lord makes an appearance at you and you are involved, the next stage is the glory of God will be upon your children. God actually wants to light upon your children with the glory of God because of what you do as a servant of God. Let thy work appear to your servants. May you be a servant of the Lord. May his work appear. Some of you, the work of the Lord has not appeared in your home, has not appeared in your ministry, has not appeared in your activities of the work, but if it has appeared, let it appear stronger. The glory will come upon your children. Multi-generational blessing. And then the next thing will be Psalm 92. Psalm 92 and verse number 12, 13, 14. Psalm 92. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. But verse 13. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Next verse. They shall still be bringing forth fruit in their old age. Clap for the Lord Jesus. They shall be bringing fruit. It can mean many things. It can mean you can even be still strong at your waist. A central region. It's true. I'm telling you. Yeah. But more importantly, spiritual fruits. They shall be fat and flourishing. When I saw this, I said, Lord, keep me going. Keep me going. No retire. Why retire? Why retire when you can refire? May the lay work continue no matter what you do. No matter what it is that people are saying, may you be blessed. Finally, I was shocked that Moses trusted so much in the lay people. That you know something? When Moses was leaving, he left the whole running of the church in the hands of a mixture of lay and full-timers. Did you know that? I was shocked. I was very shocked. In the book of Exodus, I believe it's chapter 24, verse... Um, go to verse 10 and let's see. Uh, chapter 24. Exodus chapter 24. You see? Uh-huh. Good. Uh-huh. Go to verse 12. And the Lord said to Moses, come up to me and to the mount. You see, Moses had gone and collected the 12 commandments. When he came back, Aaron had built a golden calf. 
And God was so angry. Moses was so angry, he crashed it. He crashed it. Do you know why it happened? The people pressured Aaron, the full-timer. There were a lot of lay people who were putting pressure. The full-time ministry was outnumbered and overwhelmed. So they surrendered to the lay pressure. But God had a trick to stabilize the church the next time that Moses was going for the commandments. Do you know what the trick was? Let's read on. And the Lord said to Moses, come up again to me in the mountain and be there. And I will give thee tables of stone and the law and the commandments. This time, the second time, eh, which I've written that you may teach the people. Then, and Moses rose up and his minister Joshua. Moses went up into the mountain of God for six weeks, eh, 40 days, 40 nights. Look at how Moses prepared the place to prevent overwhelming pressure. And he said to the elders, tarry ye here until we come again unto you. Behold, Aaron and Hair. Can you imagine? He left the church with Aaron and Hair are with you. If any man have any matters to do, let him come unto them. Clap for the Lord Jesus. This is what Bishop, the wisdom that Bishop has had. That he's now, because the lay people were there, they could speak to one another. Hey, you can't bring that problem again. Hey, the way you treated Aaron the last, you can't do that. Now I'm talking to you as lay to lay, lay to Lycos to Lycos, brother to brother, heart to heart, that we can rather, rather than giving problems to our Moses and our hair, we can support them and stabilize ourselves, talk to one another, iron sharpening iron, so that we can support properly. And when Moses did that, no golden calf anymore. For six weeks, lay and full time. The continual, continual working together of the lay and the full time. Ladies and gentlemen, let's support the full time ministry's work. Let's support this great work. The Lord has found wise enough that when we are combining with the full time, certain problems will be assuaged. That problem didn't come again. Even now, the Catholic church has acknowledged the reality of Arden Lee. They just recently, Pope Francis signed a, 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 an edict, wrote that now lay people should be given the opportunity to work. This wisdom has been given to our bishop long ago. It is your time. Arise, shine, for thy light is come. Oh, Mr. Lay person, for thy light is come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon us. Today I came to initiate I know that you've been working, but let's recognize the role and the importance. I've been sent here to tell you, here I am, Mr. Lay person, Mr. Lay cleaner, Mr. Lay washer, Mr. Lay toilet cleaner, Mr. Lay singer, Mrs. Lay pregnant woman, lay mother, lay husband. That is our time. And because it's our time, we will stabilize the hands of Moses and Aaron such that no problems will come. I see your multi-generational blessing. I see your anointing. I see the grace of God. I see the glory, the work of the Lord appearing to his servants and the glory arising on our children. It has happened to me. It will happen to you. Put your hands together for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Please be seated. We want to give room for questions. Questions and answers. This is introduction. Clap for the Lord Jesus. questions. Now we're going to go into the reality of the blessing God has given you and how to operate the blessing of the laity. But anybody with any questions, any contributions, 
any comments, you are welcome to express yourself. This is usually a very in- interesting interlude. Okay. Meanwhile, somebody can get ready to sing for us as we take a short break for questions. Yes, yes. my brother over there. Okay, yes. Uh, you, make, you mention your name and uh, you tell us where you are hailing from. Powerful. From, uh, and they say, I'm a lay something something. <laughs> or I'm a lay serious member. I sing, uh, I sing in a small choir in the church. Wow. And, uh, so yeah. clap, clap for the lay singing star. Kwesi Ajimandia. Yeah, um, I'm come from the Abuba Cathedral. Okay. Um, what you're talking about, I, I know the Methodist Church, for instance, has a similar uh, lay preachers, yeah. Yeah, formula. And uh, we also have the Pentecost Church making good use of uh, that. the elders and all that. So I'm glad we want to seriously embrace it. Oh, Thank I think you. you should. You should. Yeah, we second that. Let's celebrate that statement. Yes. Yes. Can we have another microphone on this side? Okay. Hallelujah. Amen. So we thank God for your life and you've been blessing us. My question is, I'm a lay pastor operating under Bishop Ogo. Your name? My name is Pastor Francis Yao Adbenyo. Pastor Francis, powerful. All right. So, my question is the give thyself holy. Give thyself holy. I've been meditating on that uh, scripture and I've been trying to have understanding of that scripture. What always comes to me is can you say that you are a lay preacher or a lay pastor and yet you have given yourself holy? Wow. So that is something I want us, maybe your, I want to tease your understanding on that as well. Because it has been something I've been contemplating on. That's a very, very, very good question. Yeah, it's a very good question. What he's asking is that, we all know, you know, First Timothy chapter 4 verse 15, you can bring it. It says, meditate on these things. Give thyself holy unto these things, that their profiting may, be, may appear unto all. So he's saying that, as far as he's concerned, um, if you are a lay pastor, you have not given yourself holy. You have not given, you're just giving part of your time, your evenings and your nights. So can we really say that we are doing our best? Is that your question? Yeah. Well, my answer to you is yes, emphatically. Who was the one who was writing this? Paul. Paul was a tent maker and a lawyer. If you like, look in the book of Acts, the last chapter he built himself a house and people came to consult him with law and with ministry and with all that. Now, he managed to do the ministry. Paul is a lay person. Yeah, daddy Paul. But he wrote more of the New Testament than anybody else. Do you get the point? Any, people think that James was a full-time because we never got to see James, the brother of Jesus. He was the head of the church. You know, at a point when they were, Peter was having a problem he went, I mean, they went to consult him and all that. You know, Peter, some people say the leader, James said the leader. But anyway, um, different accounts have it that that's what was happening. But what I'm saying is that Paul, even though um, he, he was a tent maker, he wrote more books. 
you know, than James or than Peter. Peter was also a fisherman. You remember when Jesus was coming, he had gone to the people. I go a fishing. And they also, we also go with you. So it looks like they, were, they came full time. And when Jesus died, they wanted to go lay. And then when Jesus came back to talk to them, they went back. But Paul was not there. You know, Priscilla and Aquila had a similar trade of tent making. When they came, because of Paul, straight, they even linked up very well. And they did well. So what I'm trying to tell you is that, can you say that Paul did not give himself holy? He did give himself holy. He wrote this. So ladies and gentlemen, what you need to understand is that whatever you do, and you will understand that, you see, um, do it. There's a scripture in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 23 and 24. It says that whatever thou thou do it, do it heartily as unto the Lord, not as unto men. Do it heartily. You see that? Do it with your whole heart. So as I'm preaching, do I look like I'm not giving myself wholly to this preaching? No. You should give yourself wholly to the ushering at the time that you are doing it. You see, that give thyself wholly, give your heart to what you're doing. Okay? Now, let me not deceive you. The people that you see as full-timers, they are lay. They are actually lay. It is their heart at lay work that attracted them. They said they want more of your time. You see? So they're giving more of their time, but with the same heart. I'll explain to you at the next session. So, please, let's give... You know, there are people in America, they always say that, oh, uh, me, people, they haven't built houses in America. They, they say, I'll, one day I'll return to Ghana. They don't build house in America. They build house in Ghana, and then you'll be surprised. Many people, the house that my sister was living in, the person has been in America. He's even about, almost died. They built a house in Ghana. Oh, the Bahamas come to. So they owe a lot in America. They live in a small apartment, but they built a big house in Ghana. Every time I go to America, they are, unde- they are, they are, they are undecided. They are undecided. So they never do well. One day I'll become, one day I'll go to Ghana. One, some of you, one day I'll become full-time, then I'll do my best. You're joking. You're joking. While you are, you are late, do your best so that when you become full-time too, you can give yourself holy That's properly. Right. If you don't give That's yourself right. holy now, you can't give yourself holy as a full-timer. That's right. It's like somebody who's driving and you keep looking into the rearview mirror. You are slowing down. You are slowing down. Just apply the accelerator fully in the direction you are going. If it's late, press hard at the lay. If it's ashes, press hard at the ashes. You want to wait when you become a pastor before. When I was a lay, even a pro- improper Remember, I press hard at the curse. When I stop the curse, I press hard at righteousness. My wife tells me my most, my, it always tells me that my, my, the message that I preach the most is righteousness. Because I knew evil. So when I came into the Lord, I also pressed hard on righteousness. I tell you, one day I was actually with, a, a nurse followed me to my, my room, from the emergency room. I didn't tell the nurse, go away. Because, you know, much as my heart and my mind was saying no, my body was saying yes. Yeah. And she followed me. Look, until she was stuck naked in my room. Yeah. And like Joseph, I told myself, I cannot do this and sin against God. I've changed. And I want to press hard on righteousness. I told her, get up and go. This time, I did not respond to my central region. Yeah. Wow. So get up and go. And that wow. was the last time I saw her, by the grace of God. Wow. I pressed hard. I'm not going to wait till I full-time priest before I move away sin. Because God is looking at me, lay or not. 
You see, yes. so everything that I'm, if it's preaching, press hard. Yeah, when they gave me that first dance one branch, my beat, I press hard, put chairs and everything. I gave myself wholly to the stage of my life that I was serving, that service I was giving to God. I gave myself wholly. No, give yourself wholly is not necessarily full time. If it is full time, you give yourself wholly. Even if it's what you are selling for the Lord, sell it well. Sell it well. Advertise it well. Get proper sales. Do tithing. Do it well. Press well. Give yourself wholly to these things. Okay? So, don't be deceived. That thing has held several people bound for life and they never became, become full time and they never do well also as lay people. That plague will never affect you in Jesus' name. So, does it answer your, your question? Good. Clap for him. You want a follow-up question? Yes, you can. Please give him a microphone. Yeah. So, if I understand your answer, give thyself holy does not necessarily have to do with time. Does not necessarily have to do with what? With time. It with is time. With time. It's got time. to do with your heart. Yes. And that's sure. the time that you have for God, you do it yes. holy. You will understand yes. even further at the think, next yeah. session. It's a beautiful thing. Bishop, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. This way, you see, when Bishop Kobe was lay, me, he was preaching so well, I was listening to him. Yeah. I was being and my children were congregation members of his. Yeah. But today is full time. You don't be deceived. It's I will explain to you. It's a hard thing. Amen. Beautiful. Any other question? Question. Yeah, question. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. I am Peter Tuatoba from Peter Tosh. Tuatoba. Ah. From Mount Palm Branch. I thought Peter Tosh. Good. Yeah, from Mount Palm Branch. Yes. Um, Reverend, thank you very much this morning. You've really given us so much. Uh, my question is that is there the need for this distinction or this clarity? between the full-time ministry and the lay ministry. I think that my um, opinion is that the bottom line is that we are all serving God. So I want to know the importance, why it is important to let us understand the full-time ministry and the lay ministry. Because I think that the bottom line is that we are all serving God. Okay. Remind me, I'll explain this at the next session. Okay, remind me, I'll explain to you exactly. Okay. Now, the question, the the simple answer is that we need both. We need both. And when the Lord calls you, whichever the direction, do it well. And you see, there's nobody that just gets up. You are sitting in your house, and then you are eating, uh, you know, Kobe, and then you get up. I want to be full time. You have not done anything. You have not even tested your heart. You see that? Uh-huh. And then you just want like David when David was doing something for the Lord, going to kill Goliath, he went and then he saw gave him the armor that he uses. And David said, I've not tried this. The thing I've proven is what I've I've done worship in the back of the wilderness. I use sling, I've conquered the bear, I've conquered the lion, I've taken out sheep from their mouth. What I use is what I'll use. The tool that you, you are used to. He used the sling. And he actually overcame Goliath. He couldn't, you didn't use what Saul had used. But with time, he also fought a lot of wars. So many wars that his hands were even full of blood. God said, you can't build a temple. Your son will come and build it. 
So he learned how to wear the armor and fight proper and win the battle. So the point where at a point they say, you won't fight again because you are worth more than 10,000 of us. Go home, we will fight. You get my point? So there's a gradation and a staging. Sometimes it's only sling you can use. Sometimes it's your mouth you can use. It's singing you can do. All that is part of the training gradually until you get to the full time. So it can be a gradation, but while you are at your lay or you're at your full time, that's what God has called you. There are two parts of a ministry. And like God told us, he called Aaron and... But there needed to be a hair on the other side to balance it. I should have showed you, if the hair removed the hand, you see Aaron will be there, but Moses' hand will be this way. Even the rod of God will fall down. So both of them are important. Clap for Jesus Christ. Okay. In fact, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16. Please bring it up. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16. Okay. From whom, give us a new living translation. He, God, makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts to grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. You see, so you can see. Each part does its own special work. The lay do their work the full time. And together we become perfect and strong and we grow. Yeah, that's it. All right. Any other question? Yes, please. Um, thank you, Reverend Lindsay. Yes. For the opportunity. I'm Magdalene Jesse from Pantan Church. Okay. Um, please, my question is, um, what do you do as a leader in the, in the position of Moses when you have the who's and the... Um, Aaron's lifting your hands up and down instead of lifting it till the war is over. What do you do when <laughs> such a thing happens as a leader? Oh. And the second is, is, is the, first one, the first one is that I'll change them. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'll change them. Thank and you, you see, the, 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 and that's why we're here. Nobody should do that. Nobody should bring our bishops and our pastors down. Yeah, you'll realize that one of the characteristics of a good lay person is that they are, they are solidly loyal. They are very sacrificial and hardworking. Yeah, you could see they had cramps, but they held them up. Yeah. Okay, so don't bring any pastor down. Yeah. yeah, we will be changed. Me, I hope that I will keep lifting up and supporting the Moses God has given us. I supporting Bishop Dax's ministry until that death and death, death do us part in Jesus' name. Yeah, I want to press hard and do my very best wherever I am, whether it's in Canada, in America, Ghana, so Tuom, you know, so Banchim, whichever. <laughs> Amen. Wonderful. Yes, your second question. And please, is it possible for a lay to become a bishop? Thank you. Well, is it possible for, you mean while you are lay? A lay reverend or No, minister? no, no. Everybody, almost everybody who was, who's a bishop was a lay person. But just by virtue of the office. Now, you should understand that the office of a bishop is a full-time office. So, you can't do it part-time. You see, you can't do it part-time. So, is it possible for your mother to become a part-time mother? No. You should be mother all the time. So, bishops are only given to full-time pastors. Okay? Lay people can carry the work of God to a very high level. But so long as you are lay, you cannot be a bishop. The highest you can be is a lay president. 
Okay, so if you're talking about, don't use the term bishop to confuse you because I cannot become a bishop. I cannot carry the work, lay work to the highest. Carry the way, lay work to the highest to become an overseer, to become a, uh, you know, there are even people who are lay, who are country overseers. They are the person who went to the country and they planted churches in the whole country. As I'm speaking, one of our lay people comes to mind, Emmanuel Obing. In Italy, he went there, he's built several churches. The whole church country is littered with churches. He's actually doing the work of a bishop. He's just not called a bishop. Overseer of several churches. Okay? And many of that, Reverend Eben here, the whole of Switzerland, he's the overseer. You see? So, don't let the name bishop deceive you. You can do your best without being called any term. It's not a post we want. We are serving the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So, do it well. Huh. Like when I was a lay uh, 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 you know, was center leader, I did it to my best. I did it to my best. There are people who have um, um, centers that are bigger than, you know, the congregation. Maybe a cathedral has been built. But yeah, you are centrally that, but you have a congregation bigger than a cathedral. Okay, don't wait till you become a bishop before you get a big, you want a cathedral. Put me in a cathedral and you see my show. No, no. You see, it's just like saying that you want to become a missionary. Meanwhile, as you are sitting here, you can't even cross the gutter to go and win souls. It's like when I, they put me in Burkina Faso and they put me in Madagascar, then they will see my missionary ability. It's not like that. Do it while you are not in that position. Let your activity define the office. Uh-huh. Remember, First Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. Who, I mean, huh, that's a good scripture. I mean, if any man desire the office of a bishop, remember what he said, he desired a good work, not a good office. So, if you want to really become a bishop, decide the work. It's the work that defines the office, not the office that defines the work. So, let's do the work. Even though we are not bishops or something, it doesn't matter. Whichever level, do your very best. Hallelujah. Amen.